That music, of course, could only be the guitar licks of the immortal Chuck Berry. There may be rock and roll songs that are as good, but better? I don't know. We note that an eight-foot-tall likeness of Chuck Berry was dedicated last Friday at Blueberry Hill. Actually, it's across the street from Blueberry Hill, which is a small club in University City, Missouri, where Chuck Berry still performs. Berry is now 84. He is a St. Louis native. The sculpture, Harry Weber, called Berry a legend that will endure. And with this is the part we like best. At the dedication, Barry kept his remarks brief, saying he's a singer, not a speaker. Which does remind us of one of our all-time favorite quotes at Radio Parallax. From the immortal humorist Ken Hubbard, who once said, Why don't the feller who says, I'm not a speech maker, leave it go at that, instead of giving a demonstration? <laughs> Chuck Berry did not make that mistake. I've only seen Chuck Berry perform live once. It was a very odd venue. It was, in fact, at Pasadena's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, where my uh, Hollywood correspondent and friend Don Rose managed to crash the party with me in tow. They were celebrating at JPL in the wake of the Voyager 2 spacecraft whizzing past the last planet, Neptune, with rather astonishing accuracy, something likened to a 140-mile-long golf putt. Voyager whizzed past Neptune, took, back, took some spectacular photos, and radioed them back for our enjoyment here on Earth. Now, as the story goes, you may be aware, dear listener, Carl Sagan and some others, but mainly Carl Sagan, decided to put a message on board the Voyager spacecraft in case 100,000 or 200,000 or a million years from now, they're found by an extraterrestrial civilization. The gold record was sent out to, into deep space. Carl Sagan and others from the Planetary Society worked to put various messages uh, from all the languages they could think of, something like 150 different languages. Various sounds of Earth were included, birds chirping, uh, babbling brooks and the like. And uh, quite a selection of music was sent, including apparently a selection or two from Chuck Berry. After Carl Sagan got, uh, got acquainted with Mr. Berry, that led to his being invited to the celebration of Planet Fest. It also set up one of the all-time great Saturday Night Live jokes, wherein Steve Martin and some others were putting together a phony baloney panel of psychics who were presenting the so-called Headlines of Tomorrow. With the Voyager 2 gold disc record in mind, Steve Martin announced the upcoming cover of Time magazine would be Message from Deep Space. Send more Chuck Berry. And there, one, there is one little bit of uh, Chuck Berry uh, trivia we wanted to bring to this program. We've been sitting on this one for, I don't know, about four years. Based on a story in one of the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader series, which explained how it was that one of the big hits the Beach Boys had, well, doggone it, it had kind of a too familiar ring to it. Let's, uh, let's see if you can pick out the similarities, dear listener. Pretty good tune, no doubt about it, but uh, listen to this one. 
They're really rocking in Boston and Pittsburgh, PA. Deep in the heart of Texas and round the Frisco Bay. All over St. Louis and down in New Orleans. All the cats wanna dance with Sweet Little Sixteen. Sweet Little Sixteen. She just got to have. Now, not to detract from Brian Wilson's genius, but you know what? We think we, but we think we know where he got the idea for that song. Well, at least Chuck Berry sure thought so when he heard it. Anyway, we'll go into great detail in the story, but to, to make a long story short, some legal proceedings followed, and we're sure some sums of money changed hands. And when the dust settled on the matter, apparently, the song "Surfing USA" now had another official composer which was, of course, Chuck Berry. Any hard feelings in the end, the, Be- the Beach Boys certainly did cover quite a bit of uh, Berry's tunes, as did a lot of other illustrious bands. In fact, Mr. McMillan, why don't you just do a few selections of such Chuck Berry covers? Close out the show with some space news. Fresh off the presses is the news that molecular oxygen has been discovered in deep space within the Orion Nebula region. Somewhat surprisingly, although oxygen is noted to be very common in the universe, no one had found great vast clouds of it until now. This follows the announcement of water being discovered in great quantities out in a cloud apparently that uh, in the region of a black hole. 
They found quite a bit of water. In fact, the estimates were there was enough water to fill the Earth's oceans 140 trillion times over. Now, if we can just figure out a way to send Los Angeles and Southern California into deep space to take advantage of all that water, we wouldn't have to build a peripheral canal. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. And in news uh, somewhat closer to home, we would note that um, the first close-up photos from the asteroid Vesta are now being beamed back to Earth. And although Vesta is thought to have quite a bit of water, someone with an overactive imagination has labeled a chain of three craters on Vesta as the snowman. As, as the Dawn spacecraft gets closer in its orbit around Vesta in the days to come, we're going to get some really nice, uh, clear close-up shots of the asteroid surface. The photos that came back this week show that uh, it's got some grooved structures on the surface, which no one can quite figure out yet. We certainly hope that they do have a Vesta Fest down there in Pasadena and that Matt Kaplan can get us in. We would note that this month, in August, Vesta will be at its brightest, which will make it just visible to an observer in a good place. That would mean basically not the Central Valley of California, probably the Bay Area, but certainly in outlying remote areas or perhaps up in the Sierra Mountains somewhere. We're going to see if we can't uh, catch a glimpse of it uh, before the month is out. Vesta is the brightest of all the asteroids, although it is not the largest. Ceres is considerably bigger. And as Matt mentioned on the show a few weeks back, uh, the Dawn spacecraft is unique in that it's going to blast off or blast away from its orbit around Vesta next August and go out to visit Ceres the, subs the next year. This will mark our first look at what are now being called dwarf planets. One of the criteria for uh, making that label is it's got to be big enough to round itself into a ball, which Ceres does. Vesta apparently started, but got knocked by a couple of chunks of rock and sort of got chipped away at, so it's, it's not quite spherical anymore. Now that sort of thing about how protoplanets are developing and what we can learn from it scientifically, I realize, doesn't really grab the headlines like phony baloney budget crises. But according to that old saying that it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame, we're going to learn a lot about Earth by visiting other places. And at that end, let me forward promote uh, our talk, hopefully, this next week with Dr. Don Sumner, professor of geology at UC Davis, who co-chaired the landing site working group for the Mars Science Laboratory mission. We know the Martian surface used to have water and lots of it on it. We're trying to find a spot we can put a, a rover down on, do some samples, and learn the most that we can about um, what conditions were like then and, and why they changed. Because in case you haven't been noticing, climate change has become kind of an important topic in the world of science. But uh, it appears we are just about out of time. So our thanks to Will Durst, Norman Lloyd, and in his own way, Chuck Berry. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. And since we're ending the show on uh, stories from space, let's see if we can't end with some appropriately spacey music. This comes from uh, the final scene of Repo Man. A memorable scene from a memorable movie. Or in Otto, the protagonist, played by Emilio Estevez and his goofball associate Miller, take off in a flying saucer. And good God, it's an impossible movie to explain. You just have to see it. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We'll see you next week at the same time. <laughs>